as important as this is for your health and the humongous impact it has on your metabolism, you'd think everyone would make sure they're getting enough of it, yet only 7% of Americans get the daily recommended amount. Welcome to Rev Your Metabolism with Alicia Murphy. I'm Alicia, your host, creator of Stress Monkey Fitness, The Rev Method, and your go-to health coach for being super fit and unstoppable after 40. With 15 years of rocking the fitness and nutrition industry, plus overseeing the wellness program for a major shoe company, I'm here to share my knowledge with you. Are you ready to join me on an exciting journey to restore your metabolism, boost your health, and turn back the aging clock? On this podcast, we'll unlock the secrets to boundless energy, burning more fat naturally, and feeling confident in your own skin. Get ready to soak up simple yet powerful strategies that will transform your health and fitness game. These tips will be a game changer, so hang on to your hats and glasses. And do not forget to hit that follow button so you won't miss any of our amazing tips and tricks. All right, let's rev it up. Yeah, here we go. It's me, your buddy Alicia, here with the Rev Your Metabolism podcast, episode number Six. And this is part two um, of Discover the Secret to Optimal Health and Fat Loss. So I'm going to encourage you before we get started into this to slip into those walking shoes and head out for a walk with me. Let's walk and talk as I share this powerful information with you that you are going to love to learn about. So again, this is part two of discovering the secret to optimal health and fat loss. And if you haven't heard episode five yet, the episode previous to this one, I'm really suggesting that you hustle on over to episode five and listen to that first, because that's part one, where we talk about the huge importance of this one thing. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you now. It's balanced blood sugar, but you really want to hear part one so that you understand the context of everything I'm going to go over in this rad episode today. So today, here's the things we're going to go over. We're going to talk about signs that your blood sugar is out of whack And I'm also going to go through some steps that you can take to balance your blood sugar, or as I like to say, to manage your BS. (laughs) I crack myself up with that every time. It just doesn't get old for me, Rever. But I want to talk about why am I a self-proclaimed expert in this topic? Seriously, here's the deal. With my knowledge in the fitness, nutrition, wellness space, which I do, I need to share with you, I take very seriously. And this is a really young industry, is something we need to understand. So 
it's just constant updating of information. And for those of us in this industry, it's our responsibility to stay up to date. So that means educating ourselves, reading books, taking classes, going to reputable um, conventions. So I do all of that. And the other part of this is, so my knowledge in this industry, coupled with the fact that I am a type 1 diabetic, again, that is totally different than type 2 diabetes. Type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune disease where my pancreas has stopped making the hormone insulin. So legit, my life depends on having a very deep understanding of the way blood sugar works and also the way the metabolic hormones work because they are linked with blood sugar. So I just want to help you to feel rest assured that you are in the right hands when we're talking about blood sugar. I have got you covered. All right, so we're going to move into this, but I want to also tell you that I made you a really cool little cheat sheet. Um, it's a checklist, how to manage your BS, how to balance your blood sugar. So the first thing we're going to do is, you know, what are some signs that maybe your blood sugar is kind of wonkadoo? And when I start to go over the things that you could do to start to balance, don't be in a panic because I know, I know you're out walking right now. So I made you this checklist so that you can download it and have it for later or for right now if you want to download it. So you're going to find it at stressmonkey.com. Remember, monkey is spelled E-E, not E-Y. I like to say stress monkey with an E-E. Does that sound like a monkey? Okay, whatever. I think it's cute. So stress monkey with two E's rather than an E-Y. So stressmonkey.com slash balance. And you can grab that checklist, stressmonkey.com slash balance. All right, let's get going on this. Now, the first thing I want to say is that if you are somebody who has been told that your blood sugar is a bit off, um, it's not ideal, or if you've been diagnosed with prediabetes, or maybe your doctor has told you, hey, you're on the border of pre prediabetes, then I want to tell you something. You want to focus on being insulin sensitive because once you are diagnosed with having any type of dysfunctioned blood sugar balance, the insulin resistance happened first, okay? Out of whack blood sugar is a cause of insulin resistance, okay? I'm sorry, I said that the other way. I, let's, can I rewind that? Let's do this again. <laughs> insulin resistance happens first, and that is the cause of dysfunctional blood sugar. So I'm trying to explain this to you because a lot of people think the blood sugar dysregulation happens first, and then you start to become insulin resistant. Uh-uh, it's the other way around. So I'm just, I'm mentioning this because I gotta tell you, countless number of people who, by the way, Rever, happen to be active, they eat healthy, they're fit, are being diagnosed with prediabetes. 
And in, in the last episode, I got to tell you I, I, a little mess up on my part. I mentioned that and I said, I'm going to tell you what my theory is on why this is happening. And I never told you. I completely left you hanging. So here we go. Why is it that something, type 2 diabetes, previously known as adult onset diabetes, because generally it's a lifestyle disease. We used to see most of the time people that got pre-diabetes, which I want to make sure we're clear. When you're diagnosed with pre-diabetes, that is the beginning of type 2 diabetes, not type 1 diabetes, okay? There is no such thing as pre-type 1 diabetes. So if you are diagnosed with pre-diabetes, and before, that was generally somebody who wasn't active, who was eating pretty bad, um, you know, not exercising, but that's not the case anymore. And let me tell you why my theory on this is. I believe it's because, well, actually, before I tell you this, wait, this is going to lead me into, it's time for Fact or Fiction. Fact or Fiction. Right? All right, here we go. Fact or fiction? Things other than food can impact your blood sugar balance. Fact or fiction? And listen, Rever, if you already listened to part one, you should know the answer on this. That is a fact, which leads me into what I was just saying is to what my theory is on why people, and if that is you, I want you to hear this. Why are people who are healthy, living healthy lives, getting diagnosed with prediabetes? Okay, because other things besides food and non-exercise can lead to prediabetes, the big one being stress. And you really need to listen to part one because we dig deeper into this. But we got to remember anything your body views as a stressor can cause blood sugar elevation, right? So that could be a lack of sleep. That could be a food intolerance. That could be um, a chronic pain. That could be dehydration. There's so many different things right? So that is my theory is that that's why we're seeing, you know, we're, we're living in a high stress society. And I think that that is a huge reason why some of these people, and if that's you, you know, feel free to leave a comment or shoot me an email. But I really feel like that is one of the main reasons why we're seeing this demographic of healthy people getting diagnosed with prediabetes. Okay. Let's move on, and I hope, I hope somebody listening to this that was helpful for you, because again, I, I have had so many people reach out to me um, or talk to me and say, uh, I just got diagnosed with prediabetes, and this is a person who is fit. And so if that's you, you're not alone, sweetheart, okay? All right, here we go, moving on. Let's talk about signs that your blood sugar is out of whack. All right. Fatigue. You are feeling tired, and that can be the most common early sign of high blood sugar. So 
Obviously, if you didn't get enough sleep last night, that's not what I'm talking about. If you notice fatigue regularly occurring right after you eat, especially a carb-heavy meal, it may have to do with rising blood sugar levels. Because when we're younger or when we have a very healthy metabolism, you know, you don't want to always be carb-heavy meals, but say on Thanksgiving, for example, you have a carb-heavy meal. If your metabolism is healthy or, like I said, when we're younger, our body can handle those carbs. But as we're getting older, it becomes more difficult, especially if you are having any type of metabolic issues. So if you notice you know, whenever I eat a lot of carbs for lunch or for breakfast, I'm really tired an hour or two after. It may have to do with the fact that your blood sugar is going too high, which is not a good thing. Okay, here's another sign. You take the term hangry to an all new level. If you miss a meal, you are super irritable and say things that you later regret. <laughs> you feel like a brand new person after you eat. Have you ever seen that meme that says, um, sorry for what I said to you when I was hungry? <laughs> it's true, right? So if, if you take this term to an all new level and you are like really pissy when you're hungry, this is a sign because and we've talked about this in episode one, so this might be a refresher for you, but when your blood sugar goes up, it's going to crash. It's going to come crashing down. And that crashing of the blood sugar puts your body into a state of almost panic, right? Because your body thinks that there's a problem with a resource with access to food. So you're going to start to feel this level of almost anxiety because it's your body sending you these cues to get food in you immediately, all right? Another sign that your blood sugar is out of whack is you find it super difficult to lose weight. And, okay, here we go. I'm going to do a whole episode on this. I know I keep talking about it, and I really, I'm going to. There's so many things I want to talk to you about. Uh, but one of them is the calories in versus calories out. I want to make it very clear how that works. Do calories play a role? Of course they do. I mean, if you eat 20,000 calories worth of carrots every day, yeah, that's not, that's not going to work out so well if you want to lose weight. However, when we have insulin resistance, when we have dysfunctional blood sugar, when our metabolism has downregulated, meaning it's slow and sluggish, you are going to have a hard time losing weight by merely counting calories. Okay, so if you're having a really hard time losing weight, even though you swear I'm counting my calories, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, it's not working, could be because of your blood sugar. You constantly crave sugar. Another sign that your blood sugar is out of whack. And why is that? You constantly crave sugar because you're experiencing the roller coaster ride of high blood sugar and the crash. When you're starting the crash, Okay, you don't need to be all the way down in the crash. Your body's so smart, it knows where your blood sugar is headed. It's like, imagine that you're at, at Magic Mountain and you're on one of the big roller coasters and you're coming up to the top. Ooh, you're about to fall into that super fun. Wee! 
right as you're at the top about to come down, your body knows that you're headed straight down. It is going to start to send you cravings to eat sugar. So if you're having a lot of sugar cravings, this could be why. Another sign that your blood sugar is out of whack is that you're thirsty a lot. If you are constantly thirsty, like obnoxiously thirsty, before I knew that I had type 1 diabetes, I was drinking, I'm not kidding you, about two gallons of water a day. I could not get enough water. Um, Another sign, you feel, often you feel anxious and sluggish. Okay. Now, I should have done a fact or fiction around this because I want you to think back to what we just talked about. Why do you think you would feel sluggish? I'm just waiting for you to answer. Go ahead, answer. You feel sluggish because your blood sugar is high, okay? Why would you feel anxious? Yeah, that's right, because your blood sugar is low. So if you are having these out of nowhere, anxious feelings, sluggish feelings, it could be because you're on that blood sugar roller coaster. You find it difficult to concentrate and stay focused. Another sign that your blood sugar is high, right? Cannot concentrate or stay focused. Could be blood sugars out of whack. You have trouble sleeping through the night is a sign of funky blood sugar. Your cuts and bruises seem to take a long time to heal. Yep another sign of dysregulated blood sugar, and another sign that you want to start to focus on managing your BS. I'm going to just keep saying it. I know you're going to get sick of it, but I'm sitting here by myself recording this, and I have to entertain myself somehow. So if you could do me a favor when I say manage your BS, just just laugh with me, please. Make me feel better. All right, if after I just listed all those signs, If you're sitting there thinking, yes, 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 yes. The problem could be that your blood sugar is out of whack, right? You don't need to stress about it, though. You do not need to stress my sunshiny friend because there are simple things you can do to better balance your blood sugar, improve your energy, enhance your mood, productivity, and your metabolism. All right, but what's the first thing you should do? Talk to your doctor, ever. Go ask for a blood test. Let's get down to the bottom of it. Don't just guess. Don't don't listen to this episode and say, "Mm, that sounds about right. It must be my blood sugar. No, 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 no. You want to go to your doctor, and I'm going to tell you what you want to find out. Fasting blood glucose is great. However, that's where they take your blood in the morning before you've eaten anything, right? The problem with that is that only gives you a snapshot of what's happening that particular day. So if you can, get ready. I want you to think of this or write it down if you can. Just keep it in your little memory bank. You want to ask them to test your A1C. A1C. Think of A, B, C, but substitute the B with a 1. A1C. All right? We want to, that is a three-month average of your blood sugar. That is going to give you a much better understanding of what's going on than just one day's picture. Yeah? Okay. Well, I have some really good news for you. 
I hope you're excited because it's time for Back to Fiction. Back to Fiction, baby. I, I promise I'll stop singing when I, when I do that. <laughs> okay, Back to Fiction. One serving of carbs is considered to be, and this is for, for women, okay? If I said, how many grams is in one serving of carbs? A range. Fact or fiction, it's 30 grams. Fact or fiction. I'll give you a second. One serving of carbs, carbohydrates, for a woman is 30 grams. That is fiction. All right, so for women, a serving of grams. So, so if I said one serving, it's going to be about 15 to 18 grams, which you need to think about that for a second. That's one piece of bread. One piece of bread is about a serving of carbs, okay? Another way you could think about it is what could you fit in your scooped hand? That's going to be about a serving of carbs. Not, not so much, right? And then the next thing I want to talk about that you may already know, but I want to, I want to tell you anyways, just in case you don't know, because it's very interesting. So the fiber train episode is going to be coming up. I was just talking to my friend Connie the other day, and she said, I want you to know, you'll be happy to know that I am on the fiber train. Chugga-lugga. It makes me so happy when people tell me that they're riding the fiber train with me. It's so important because check this out. This should have been a fact or fiction too, but I'm just going to give it to you. Only 7% of Americans eat the daily recommended amount of fiber per day. 7%. That's not good. So I want to teach you a little something. When you're reading a nutrition label or if you look up a food, say on MyFitnessPal or whatever app you might use to look up nutrition facts, I want to teach you about the relation between fiber and carbs. So fiber is a type of carbohydrate, first of all. So the beautiful thing about this is that, I know this is going to sound weird, but your body doesn't absorb fiber or the calories from it. Fiber just kind of moves through your body, does all sorts of great things, including feeding your gut bacteria and cleaning out your intestines, all kinds of good stuff with fiber. I'm going to save that for the fiber train episode. However, when you're looking at something, the nutrition facts for, for a whole food or for a packaged food, which I hope you're not eating a lot of packaged foods, it's going to say, total carbohydrate. And then under that, there's going to be a listing for dietary fiber. Because remember, fiber is a carbohydrate. So when it says total carbohydrate, let's say it says 37 grams of total carbohydrate. And then right underneath it, it's going to say the different types of carbs. So it's going to say dietary fiber. If it says four grams and I generally tell people to only do this if there's at least five grams of fiber, but we're just going to go with it because I've already let that out there in the open. So say there's 37 total carbohydrates underneath it. It says four grams of dietary fiber. We're going to subtract the fiber from the total carbs. The number you're left with is the actual impact on your body of carbohydrates. Let's do another example. So I'm sitting here looking at a nutrition fact label, and it says for this particular food, there is 13 grams 
total carbohydrate, 13 grams. Dietary fiber, 5 grams. So we will subtract the 5 from the 13, and what are we left with? 8 grams, right? So that means this particular food, 8 grams of fiber is going to be what's going to impact our body, right? So we're going to, it's basically like we're eating 8 grams of fiber, not 13. Oh my gosh. <sighs> it's like we're eating 8 grams of carbohydrates because we took away those fiber grams. If, if my explanation right now is leaving you with your head spinning, um, I'm really sorry. I am going to do an episode on fiber. But for now, just realize when you're reading nutrition information, you can take away whatever the fiber is from the total carbohydrates, whatever you're left over. That is going to be the impact on the body. Okay? Okay. So the more fiber, the better is really the moral of the story I was trying to get to with to there. Oh my gosh, maybe this wasn't the best time to record this this episode. But just bear with me. I'm going to I'm going to give you some good information right now. So, so don't go anywhere. All right. Here we go. I'm going to give you I want you to play this game with me. What is the impact on the blood sugar? So, I have a medium apple. Right? And this medium apple has 19 grams of carbohydrates total. But it has 5 grams of fiber. So what is going to be the amount of carbs that we're actually going to be impacting our blood sugar with? 19 total grams and 5 grams of fiber. Yeah, 14. So an apple is a pretty dang good choice if you are someone who's trying to kind of manage your blood sugar better. All right, now let's talk about a medium mango. Okay, this is going to maybe blow your mind, but a medium mango has 46 grams of sugar, 46 total grams of carbs, which are all sugar. So let me say it differently. A medium mango has 46 grams of carbs, and it has 5 grams of fiber. So what are we left with? We're left with 41 grams of carbs. So here's the deal. I'm not trying to villainize fruit, but I'm saying if you are somebody who has been diagnosed with prediabetes or you're like, I really feel like I need to focus more on balancing my blood sugar, then in this case, an apple is going to be a better choice for you than the mango, right? Okay, let's move on to a few steps to help to balance your blood sugar, ways to manage your BS. And again, Remember what I said, you can go to stressmonkey.com slash balance to get that checklist. And monkey is spelled E-E, not E-Y, stressmonkey.com slash balance. All right, so let's talk about this. What is stabilized blood sugar? I'm going to give you a number. I didn't used to do this, but I've had a lot of people ask, like, what is my blood sugar supposed to be at? So stabilized blood sugar is between 80 to 120 Let's just, I mean, it's milligrams per deciliter, but we'll just say between 80 and 120. So when your blood sugar is stabilized, your body releases fat, protects lean muscle, eliminates cravings, increases energy. I mean, come on. This is fantastic, right? And something else that's fantastic, it's time for... 
fiction. All right, here we go. Factor fiction, and this is for non-diabetics. So normal blood sugar levels after fasting. So that's generally going to be first thing in the morning. Normal diet, I'm sorry, normal blood sugar levels after fasting for non-diabetics is considered to be between 70 and 99. Is that fact or fiction? That is fact. So when you get your fasting blood work done and they tell you your fasting blood glucose levels, that means your blood sugar, the goal is we want it to be between 70 and 99. And then let's talk about for non-diabetics, less than 140 after eating is going to be the goal. So I know a lot of people are starting to wear um, continuous glucose monitors, they're called. So if you see somebody with a little thing on their arm, um, you know, that's generally going to be type 1 diabetics. But there's some people out there that are non-diabetics who are really interested in balancing their blood sugar. So if that's you, your goal after eating, you want to hit less than 140. All right, now for diabetics, normal blood sugar levels are considered between 80 to 130 after fasting and less than 180 one to two hours after eating. So it's different for diabetics than non-diabetics. So let's just talk about a few ways you can start to help to balance your blood sugar, help to manage that BS. You really want to limit overly processed carbs and sugary foods. Listen, again, one size does not fit all. So I don't know if you are somebody who's battling type 2, if you've just been diagnosed with prediabetes, um, how much you need to limit these. I, it, it, it all varies. But just know, overly processed carbs and sugary foods, basically that means carbs with little to no fiber. Really want to limit those, okay? Um, and then you want to remember the pathway of carbohydrates that we talked about in the last episode, how when we eat carbs, it turns into glucose, insulin gets released. And until that insulin returns down to a normal level, we cannot burn fat. So remember, the more carbs you're eating with less fiber, so if you're eating a lot of carbs with little to no fiber, that's a huge spike in blood sugar, which means a lot more insulin gets released, which means it's going to take a lot longer to get that blood sugar down to a balanced level. So we really want to limit carbs with little to no fiber when we're working on balancing our blood sugar, okay? Okay, this is something I think everybody should do. Give yourself 12 hours of fat burning a day. At first, this might sound crazy, but it's not. It's not. So you want 12 hours with no calories and then 12 hours where you're taking in calories. Unless you're somebody who struggles with low blood sugar, right? If you're somebody whose doctor has said you need to be snacking all the time. But for most people, 12 hours of calories, 12 hours of no calories, so this would be, for example, you eat your last piece of food at your last calories are at 8 p.m. Wait till 8 a.m. to eat again. Right? It's not so crazy. This is such a great thing because you're, it's going to allow your body to tap into fat as fuel. Also, while we're sleeping, which is when we ideally want to be doing this 12 hours of no calories, right? 
Now your body isn't busy digesting and processing food because that's done, all finished. Your body now, because you're going for this stretch of time without eating, your body is allowed to focus on the things it's supposed to be doing while you're sleeping, like replenishing, nourishing, restoring, resetting, okay? So when you're asleep, that's prime fat burning time. So we really want to try to go this, again, whenever, when was your last food? Okay, 7.30, 8 o'clock. I'm hoping after 8, 8.30, unless you're staying up till 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. But you want to try to stop eating 2 to 3 hours before bed. Try to wait 12 hours before you eat again. And if it's too much, then don't do it. But this is, this is the goal I'm trying to throw out there for you. Unless you have a medical reason not to, all right? All right, here's another little bonus tip. I, if you're trying to lose weight or if you think that you are having blood sugar issues or you know you are or you're worried about being insulin resistant, I would recommend skipping starchy carbs for one meal per day so that your body can burn fat easier because you're not going to have that huge insulin release. So maybe you have carbs with breakfast, and then for lunch, you're just having a nice big salad with some protein, you know, um, and then have some carbs with dinner. Just give it a try. And again, if you don't like, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just giving you ideas that I think are pretty, pretty awesome. All right. So the other thing that you can do, and I will talk a whole episode about this, how to use food to balance your blood sugar. You want to make sure that your meals have fiber, protein, and a little fat. Fiber, protein, and a little fat. That should be the foundation of your meals. This is going to turn off your hunger hormones and help to balance your blood sugar. Plus, you'll feel full longer and you'll have more energy throughout the day. Because guess what? Balanced blood sugar means less hunger and cravings, and it also means more consistent energy. All right, so remember fiber, fiber, fiber. Fiber slows the absorption of carbs and the release of sugar into the blood. I talked about this in the last episode. It can also reduce appetite and food intake. And I know, I know you're going to ask me, I'm, I'm already, whoa, there was just almost a crash outside my window. I know you're going to ask me, can I just take a fiber supplement? I really wish you would just try to eat food with fiber because your body processes actual food better than a supplement. So try to get your fiber from actual food versus taking a supplement. Will you try to do it from food? Pinky promise. Give it a try. Okay. Another way to help balance your blood sugars, keep a healthy weight, plain and simple. I'm not saying you got to be, you know, shredded, and She-Ra or He-Man, but keeping a healthy weight. Exercise more. And this is beneficial in the long run because remember what we have talked about with lean muscle. Your body will utilize that blood sugar more efficiently and it's going to also increase insulin sensitivity. So we really want to add lean muscle mass. Slow to moderate paced walking, which I hope you're doing right now. It's beneficial immediately. 
you're going to see the results from that, the impact immediately. It stabilizes your blood sugar. It increases insulin sensitivity and it lowers the stress hormone cortisol. One of the only forms of exercise to do so. All right, a few more tips. And remember, this is all on that cheat sheet, so just go grab it so you don't have to sit here taking notes or trying to remember all this. I would really try to limit artificial sweetener because I know it doesn't have calories, it's not real sugar, but for many people, the body reacts the same to artificial sweetener as it does to sugar. So your taste buds taste that sweetness and they tell your body that it's sugar. So it kind of starts this whole cascade of high blood sugar. Your body basically goes through the motions because it thinks that you just ate sugar. So I'm not saying you need to avoid it altogether, but I would try to limit it. Drink plenty of water throughout the day is another way to help balance your blood sugar. Um, the amount of person, the amount per person varies, but you know, the typical advice is to drink half of your body weight in ounces daily. All right, we're wrapping it up now. Get enough sleep. Focus on quality over quantity, but you've got to get those Zs. So important for so many reasons, but the big one is that if you just one night of not getting good sleep, impacts your body so incredibly much and it puts your body in a state of stress, which remember what I taught you, stress will impact your blood sugar, okay? And the last one, you gotta get some Zen monkey time every single day. You got to manage your shizzle, meaning manage your stress. I'm not saying that, you know, you need to meditate for three hours every day and I don't know, whatever. What I'm talking about is, what can you do every day that doesn't have to take a long time that's just going to help you have a little zen monkey time? Maybe that's set a timer on your phone for a minute, close your eyes and just sit and do nothing. Maybe that's take three deep breaths. Maybe that's jump on YouTube and watch a five-minute really funny video because laughter, which if you follow me on Instagram, you know every Friday I do Friday funnies because laughter helps to impact your stress in a good way. It's Zen monkey. All right, I think I've taken up enough of your time. Did you get in a good walk? I sure hope so. Um, so remember to go grab that cheat sheet, stressmonkey.com slash balance. And I got, I've had such a couple of lovely, lovely um, reviews for the podcast. Thank you so much to those of you that have left a review because it helps me with the ranking. And listen, we got to get this podcast out there. I really, really want to teach this to people. Everybody should understand the way their metabolism works. And everybody should have the opportunity to have the knowledge to live longer, to feel better, and to be insanely healthy. Don't you think so? So tell your friends about this podcast. Rate it. Leave me a review. That's so helpful. But I can't wait to see you at the next episode. I hope you enjoyed your walk. Thank you for walking and talking with me. And I'll see you next week. All right. Hey, Rever, bye for now.